0: G'day everyone, welcome to For the Love of Brick. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you're a regular, welcome back. For the Love of Brick is a fortnightly podcast where I talk to people from all over the world about their love of Lego. This week, I chat to Shelley Corbett. Shelley's a fine arts photographer who's made a name for herself in toy photography circles for her stunning Lego minifig photographs and her passion in building the toy photography community and giving back to it. In this interview, I learned the ins and outs of toy photography, why people should go on a toy photography adventure themselves, and I also learned some useful tips in transitioning my photos to the next level and make them feel alive. Now, we talk about a lot of things in this podcast, even our love-hate relationship of technique. But, you know, I'm going to let you find that out as you listen. Now, I learned a lot from Shelley, and I hope you do too. So sit back and enjoy today's episode of for the love of brick. Hello, Shelley. How are you today? I'm good, Greg. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, it's a real pleasure, uh, especially to get you know the the Lego photography side of things. Um, talking well, toy photography side of things. Don't just don't just pigeonhole it, Greg. Um, why toy photography
1: Well, why not toy photography <laughs> How's that? Yeah, no, that's
0: a that's a good question. Like what what I mean, what are some of the challenges of toy photography because you are dealing with something that you know is lifeless but you bring it to life.
1: Well, well we all have had toys. They're is- such a part of who we are. And if you're a certain age, then you pretty much grew up with action figures, especially if you were started off with star Wars, which was the first franchise toys out there. Uh, I mean, that's toys are a part of our childhood. They're part of who we are. They're part of pretty much every movie that you've in blockbuster that you've enjoyed or, um, uh, sort of fandom, uh, property out there. So it's like, why not toys? And it's so toy photography is a kind of a weird amalgamation of a lot of different toy or photography styles. Like it's macro it's product it's still live it's tableau it's storytelling. There's just, it's, it's many layered. And when you, um, throw that in with with original stories as well recreating stories from your childhood that make you happy then it's it's just a really super fun hobby that's great for releasing stress and relaxing and putting it out there for your friends and connecting with like-minded people and then you got yeah yeah so why not toy photography well
0: yeah you're saying about um relieve stress i I would find it Not stressful, but just getting that, getting them. Because when I take a photo, uh, especially of, let's say, a minifigure, the amount of times it'll just fall over. And you're like, like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's two ways to approach the minifigure falling down. There's one. It's the zen. So when I first started doing that, I was it was all about getting it to balance perfectly, and that was part of the process was just having that satisfaction of getting it to balance the way I wanted. So it was a very zen sort of process: fall down, pick up, fall down, pick up, until you get it right. Now I'm done with that, and I use tack. I'm like done. Okay, I needed to do this. Here's my sticky tack. Boom, done. On I'm on my way.
0: <laughs> and just Photoshop it out later.
1: Or yeah, Photoshop it out later. But I'm uh, like to do everything in camera as much as possible. So I just put it in a place so it's just tucked behind, ah. minimized under the foot, goes up a little bit inside the leg, and then you got a little sticky pad that you can deal with. Yeah. And then if it yep. and if it's that's great on hard surfaces, but if it's you're on like moss or dirt, then I'll use a stud shooter or. Some people will use the hilt from like a lightsaber and you put that up there and then you stick that in and then you've got this great oh. little way to keep it. Some people use wire. I mean, there's lots of ways you could get around it. And then um, I think two CMFs ago series, Lego introduced a great little stand for your action figures. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nod to us. So we love that. that so that's another way you can, you can make your figures look a little bit more action-y.
0: Yeah. That was that was a good little addition the transparent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love those.
0: Um and one one of the things I found about your photography is you don't I've seen it sometimes, but it's very rare that you actually take limbs off. Like you it looks like you use pretty much the full motion of the minifig. Um is that a conscious choice or is it just, you're like, I don't want to lose pieces?
1: <laughs> well, like uh, like every other aspect of the Lego community, there are purists. Yep. And then there are people who are like, anything goes. Yep. And I'm probably closer to a purist, so I don't rip their legs off. I don't rip their arms off, even though I have been known to do that occasionally. Yep. I have discovered recently that i can rip the legs and arms off and i can use hot glue to get them exactly where i want them which is actually pretty nice and so and it comes off perfectly if you heat it back up boop it's off Ah. it doesn't damage so that's super cool uh but i also i'll use a, a third party uh arms so uh It's a crazy brick. He makes what he calls the crazy arms. And then I can get different positions for my arms. So I can really get a bow and arrow, straight arm and a crooked arm. And he has got a javelin arm. And so I can Uh. replace my arms with those and I can get more motion. But you are playing with essentially seven points of articulation, which in the toy photography world is very little.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like to challenge yourself.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, to, to be able to make those seven points of of articulation, movement, and tweak it just enough that you can take that minifig from stiff piece of plastic to it's in motion, it's moving, it suddenly has life. And that line, I have discovered, is very narrow but it's there if you move around you can find it
0: you can find oh okay and yeah you do bring your um your photos to life um okay this is a question um (laughs) what what is your do you have a favorite uh photo that you've done for anyone that doesn't sort of know your photography
1: Ah, that's um an incredibly difficult question to ask anybody. It would be like me asking any parent, so what's your favorite child, Greg?
0: The one that sleeps.
1: <laughs> I'm the one is the one that takes a dog out in the middle of the night, so I don't have to. That's my favorite every time. Yep. Um A lot of times my favorite is the one I haven't released yet. It's the one I'm currently working on. There are a few that are very special to me because they are taken with certain people at certain moments in time and or they relate to somebody or an event because that's the fun of photography is when you take a photo, you're not just taking that image I, as a photographer, know everything that went around it, and that's what makes it special. So, yeah, or like an image like the one of Princess Leia in a boat where I actually made the sail and she's sailing away. That one I posted on the uh, when the death on the day that Carrie Fisher died. So, that one's special to me because of when I posted it. Yep. Um, so there's there's images like that that are. That have a little bit more significance than others.
0: Yeah, the moment in time it it is. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like your response, but like it's it's the same as mocks. Whenever <laughs> someone's like, "What's your favorite mock?" and it's like, "Ah, oh, look, the one that's probably next."
1: <laughs> creatives, does wherever you are in the Lego community, wherever your creativity is expressing itself. I think we all approach it the same, very similar ways that we have our favorites, but maybe that's a favorite because of the con that you were first exhibiting it or the person who inspired you when you made it, or you connected with your, like your new best friend around a conversation you had, or the one you're currently working on. It's like, it's the same photographers are the same. (laughs) And,
0: um, with toy photography, like I know it's the same thing with, um lego building everyone's like ah oh, your child you're building with a kids toy ah oh. do you get a lot of did you get a lot of that um first starting out like oh tweet wow oh. you know like you naysayers
1: <laughs> i i think there probably were naysayers out there but i think Really, when I see people watching me do what I'm doing out in the wild in the public, there's more a curiosity and a fascination and a I wish I was you vibe than a what the heck are you doing? But I know that other people, depending upon the country that you're from, like my friends in the UK, don't necessarily have that experience. So I think it really depends what your culture is. Yep. about how the people are going to respond around you. In the U.S., it's like, everything, anything goes, so it's not a big deal. Yep. But maybe if I was in Sweden, maybe you'd be a little bit more like, what are you doing on the ground? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm having a rest.
1: <laughs> it's just so like bizarre to see someone literally lying on the ground and you can't see what we're photographing because it's so small, yeah, so it would it would be like that's very strange, so there'd be questions
0: and you would spend a lot of time on the ground, wouldn't you?
1: Yes, yes, I do. um and then back to the point of the of the kids' toys, I do try to be very respectful of that I am playing with the kid's toy, so I there are definitely subject matters that I don't I don't touch because my audience, I don't know who's in my audience and a lot of times they are kids and I want to make sure that it's very kid-friendly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Um, when I came up with the design, like had someone doing the design, they, they came up with a wrong one (laughs) and I'm like, Oh no, no, that's not very (laughs) kid-friendly.
1: I think as adults who are playing with a toy that is literally aimed at children, I mean, I know that we have a very strong adult fan community around this toy, but I like to be really respectful of its original yeah. audience.
0: Yeah, well, that's it exactly. Um, you know, it's it's for everyone, uh, <laughs> and it's the internet. You know, who's who's out there. Um, in in saying that, um, let's go with um, being on the ground, like. Is the reason you get down low? Is it so that you can create that sort of intimacy, or is it just being at that level? What? Why do you get on the ground? There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> touch to the chase. Why are you down there on the ground? Okay. So if he, so, Lego minifigs are very small. Yeah. And if you want your figure to Feel like it is larger than life. It is a, a, a um, human size or has that that sense of gravitas. You want to get below it and photograph up. Ah. So. So you want to be below the figure. Now, if you don't want to get down on the ground, you just literally have to find like a rock or a stump or a fence post or something to get it up and then have your camera below the eyes and shooting up. And then you can get that sense of largeness, lifelike sense. Also, when you're on the ground or close to nature, you can really play with scale. So if like you want your minifig to be walking across the grass, you can't. Put it in real grass because the grass is scaled incorrectly in and you lose that sense of of fantasy or playing with the life the night you you move it out of that reality but if you if you place it on a little bit of moss or something that has a smaller scale to it then suddenly you're playing with reality and you're moving people into it where they can suspend their disbelief and and help bring that toy a little closer to life. Ah. Does that make sense? No,
0: that makes perfect sense. Um and that actually leads into another question of how do you prepare for going out toy photography? That's that's a toy photography. Going
1: <laughs> <laughs> go on a toy photography adventure. Yes. Uh there are always adventures. So I used to just go out to my shop, grab a bunch of toys, throw them in a bin and just go out and go, "Well, this looks cool I'll just throw these toys down now I'm I spend two or three hours before I go I'll set up all the little scenes that I want to photograph like I'll put figures on bikes or I'll stick them in kayaks or I'll put them on the elephants or whatever you know the scene is going to be trying to play as much with crossover between genres like recently I did a photo of the three characters from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but they were in a land speeder. Yep. Because yep. they're they're car thieves, right? Teenage car <laughs> thieves, they just got a different kind of car. So is that kind of playfulness of cross genres that I'm I'm looking for when I'm taking photos? So I'll set that up and then when I'm out and about, depending on where I'm going and i'll think about it like if i'm going to a rocky location or if i'm going to a place with water i'll have figures that will play in that environment and then i'll look for where's the good light where is an interesting water element that i can use and then i'll i'll put my toys in and i'll just go for it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and if it doesn't then i'll put that scene aside for the next time i go out and i'll try again Ah, okay
0: there you go i don't know if you're doing it now during covid times but you, you sort of organize meetups. How did, how did that come about?
1: Well, the meetup started in 2015. Uh, I think yep. that was right. Uh, we met in Las Vegas because we had back in 2015. So, was, gosh, so where did the time go? Oh, flies it's just flying by. We had a we had a really tight group of people in Seattle that were photographing together, and then one of our crew moved to the other side of the U.S. and we really missed him. So we're like, okay, let's have a meetup, and we're gonna do it in Vegas because it's cheap flights. Everyone can get to Las Vegas, so let's meet up there. And then we're like, oh well, we're gonna have a lot of fun, the four of us. So why don't we open it up to the community? I think we had like I don't know twelve people show up, and we had. We had a blast. We just had so much fun. And then we're like, we got to do this again. And then it became an annual thing. I mean, you, you, they're family. Because yeah. every single person yeah. who goes on these events, they literally, I've never been on any of the ones I've been on. Everyone says they're transformative.
2: Yeah. It, yeah.
1: I mean, they it, life. I have heard life changing more times than I can count when people think about those events. I don't know why. Yeah. I have no idea what the secret sauce is. If I could bottle it and sell it, I would. But they are incredibly addictive. And everyone says that they, they the the always the last day. It's when's the next one? Where are we meeting up? We need to do this again because I cannot go another year without doing it. So yeah. canceling it this year was really, really painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I guess it's that thing, you know, you you don't just get to see each other via link, oh, not LinkedIn, uh, Instagram and so forth. You do get to actually catch up and like-minded.
1: Playing each other's play box yeah. in their toy box, setting up scenes together, uh, collaborating, having a beer, you know, whatever it is, you know. It's like one of the guys was said that he met um, – this gentleman at the seattle one and they became fast friends and they've been friends since 2015 so it's six years they've been friends Oh wow and they just you know always talking and communicating and you know sharing toys and movies and music and stuff and then um yeah you you, you have bonds that go beyond just lego and toys and photography
0: and travel all around like
1: well we've done uh we did las vegas and then we did closer to home to seattle and then we've been to san francisco we went to the oregon coast uh, and then we've gone to utah southern utah zion sort of red rocks country uh we did one last fall in october and then with the stuck in plastic crew a few years ago we did one in conjunction with them in stockholm and so stuck in plastic community there they do european ones and then toy photographers we our blog we do more u.s oriented ones and then uh and then the cremona um uh, lego they're a a lug the cremona lug they'll they have ones in italy around their annual convention there too so that every little community will will have a little one so yeah. Once COVID is over, I, I think I might hook up with the people in Cremona and do one there, which should be super fun, but we got it. I mean, I can't even leave the U S right now. So that's a pipe dream.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't think anyone's taking anyone from the U S or Europe for a little while yet
1: <laughs> for a little while. So we're going to do one in January online. So we're in the beginning, uh, stages of planning that and I and I'm inspired to do that because my local lug brickcon
0: oh brickcon yep I,
1: I which I really miss is literally my favorite weekend of the year of going because every time I walk into the building it's like I'm just like I'm with my people <laughs> 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 yes I'm here <sighs> uh so I, they did a really fun one online so I'm inspired Inspired to do something similar to that, but with the toy photography community. So we're going to do that in January. So we're going to try to get that together right now. Get the word out.
0: It was a, I went to the uh, online, well, went to, I was at the online brick con. <laughs> It was great. Um, yeah. And I, I take it you would have an advantage in um, the online, mock build like not so much mock building competition but it takes a lot of skill to do photography especially toy photography and you've got what i found is you've got mock builders and then they just take like a wide angle shot and it's like oh no i can't see what's going on no question just me um
1: (laughs) well we were going to take advantage of the whole zoom platform because if you turn the your zoom over to whoever's hosting or whoever is leading that thing they can actually run the zoom through their phone or through their camera and so you can what we call uh uh director shooter games kind of like there's the the group is directing whoever is setting up the photo to do what they want and move it or work on the lighting and so we can watch we can actually create the photo together so we're going to do some crazy things like that and then do studio tours and get some guest speakers in i mean it's just we're just going to just reinvent what we do and widen our audience and connect people and but still have like a a con has you have all these social events so we're going to try to weave in social events as well
0: have you got a name for what you're going to call this online event? Not yet. No,
1: I'm never that clever. We'll call I'll probably call it like the Toy Photographers' Online Toy Safari because I'm like as I'm not I'm not a wordsmith creatively. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'll send it over to one of my more creative people in the community. And go give us a cute name, and we'll go on with it.
0: Well, I'm sure if they follow um, Toy Photographers, they'll be able to find out more about it. So, you yeah. know, that's toyphotographers.com, everyone. <laughs> just I'm just going to plug everything. Um, so, you've done a lot um, in the Lego community. Um, you've been RLFM for three different entities. How did that come about? And are you still with any of them?
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> i have nothing but respect for ambassadors in the uh lego community on in part of whatever recognized lug fan media community or whatever i've nothing respect that's a lot a lot a lot of work yep and uh i've tried it as you said three times it's never stuck i think i'm just i'm it's not for me um so the first one was uh, when Kim worked at Lego, he reached out to Stuck in Plastic, which was the first blog I started. And yep. he he uh, invited us to apply. And then he said, I want you, pointed to me and said, I want you to be the ambassador. So I'm like, okay, if Kim says I'm the ambassador, I'm the ambassador. Okay, great. <laughs> and so when I left Stuck in Plastic and started Toy Photographers, Then, um, I did that for a year and then it got too much. And I gave it to my friend, Brett, who I co founded toy photographers with, and he did it for a couple years. And then he got burned out because it really is a lot of work. And for photographers, I think it's more work. It's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of work similar to what a lug does, but the lug has all their work around the, um, what the, the the purchase that you do every year, lug bulk. Yep. So yep. that's a huge amount of what an ambassador does is around lug bulk. But the photographers do a lot of work because they are constantly being asked by marketing to, would you like to review this set? Would you like to review this set? So in in addition to your asks that you get to bring sets into your community for reviews, you have ones on top of that. It, and, it, and it just got to be Just too much to coordinate two or three photographers, get everything in on time, meet the deadlines, get it to Lego, which it's an honor to do that. But it's also a lot of work. Yeah. And I'm just like, so I said no to that. And then, uh, and I'm still with toy photographers because I really love that community. And then I also worked with the Women's Brick Initiative to get them off off the ground and get that started. And I was a logical person to take that on for the first year. But as soon as um, um, the, the group came big enough, it, another ambassador became apparent And I'm like, okay, it's yours. It's yours now. Go for it. Um,
0: I had Alice on a little while ago, and she said that she was at a convention with someone else. Was that you that was
1: yeah I, so, so alice <laughs> literally lives 15 minutes away from me i mean and we've been to brick before and i knew of her and we've even been on the stage at the uh at the emp which is now museum of pop culture at, doing a lego uh talk i mean it's not like our paths have not crossed but it took us all the way to get to skerbek and the lego house opening to fully connect, uh-huh. like, on a really deep, great level. So now we have a good friendship. And it and it was literally us standing in a room full of men going, <laughs> where are the women? Because, I mean, the Lego House opening that weekend was phenomenal. And the best of the best from all over the world were there. All these, like, had 70 ambassadors from all over the world. It was a, an amazing event. But there were, like, no women. And we're like, we need to change this. Yeah. And that's how the Women's Brick Initiative got started.
0: Yeah, because it's a, it's a really good initiative. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. Alice talking about that and I was like, wow. And did I know she found a lot of not resistance but resistance um with the Women's Brick Initiative. Did you find that as well? Or
1: Well, it depends on where you're looking. Yep. So uh, within the Lego ecosystem on a larger, uh, when you look at the whole thing, yes, there is resistance because everyone's always resistant to change. Change is hard. It is. And and sometimes it feels like, you know, I would imagine for a lot of people, Lego is like their, it's their escape. It's their private time. It's their... Their me time away from family and then maybe they don't want women or that reminder of what they left behind i don't know i mean everyone comes to this hobby with different reasons and i try to be respectful of of everyone else's needs but uh so there's there might be some resistance there and just a changing of the hobby but in on the women's side there was no resistance it was where the heck have you been we're so happy you're here let us share our stories and a lot of camaraderie and uh building and bridges being mended and just a, a lot of communication and so there's no resistance on that side they're yeah. everyone's great
0: and do you build much at all yourself or are you just like no nah, just photography <laughs>
1: Just, just the, there's a reason why I'm a photographer. <laughs> I remember, I, I, I'm the worst builder. My favorite line to build is Technic. That's my favorite. But I'm always, yep. once I get through the engine and I'm starting to build it together, I'll realize, wait a minute, I shouldn't have those parts here. And then I'm like, I call out to my son. And I'm like, help me, help me. I'll like, where did I go wrong? And then he'll like, go, boop, 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 I mean, it's like, You've, you you messed it here. And then he'll fix it. And then I can keep going again. So yep. I got my backup. This is worry. good. Yeah, everyone you, you, needs one.
0: You're not the only one that does that with technique. Like, <laughs> I, I love the idea of technique, but I find it's one of the hardest instructions to follow. Uh, just because, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, why isn't that fitting? What is wrong? And then I'm like, ah, oh, ten pages ago, you forgot to put. This thing in it's like no
1: (laughs) okay good I feel so much better and then not the only one who's done that yeah yeah but before I started doing the toy photography I was the main sorter in the family so I would do all the sorting so oh you gem (laughs) yeah we used everything used to be very well organized it is not anymore now it's just pieces everywhere so that was my thing but and I've always been a toy I've always been a photographer so. I've had bodies of work before the toys. So it was it was nice to be able to combine the family's passion with my own passion of photography and it just went my own way.
0: And with your previous work, what sort of um what did you specialize in? Like what was your what was your, your medium?
1: <laughs> huh. Well, interesting that you asked that, Greg. Um, underwater nudes. Oh, really? <laughs> really? How so that the joke come is, <laughs> so the joke is, is that my models still don't do what I say and they don't talk to me. Yep. <laughs> yep. And if, and if you've seen enough of my work, you know, there's a lot of water that still rolls through it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it's, and how many, how many, um, Lego pieces have flown, floated away <laughs> on you in your, cause I,
1: Not, not that many. I think I might've lost a few in deep water. Like I won't do it around deep water, but I'm pretty dang good, um, about staying away from tides that are coming in. Um, if I'm around a swift moving river, um, I'll be in an area that's more protected and I'll usually have a place where if if they get away from me, they're going to stop by the rocks And I take full advantage of puddles. I find puddles are a much safer place to play. You just have to be more willing to get muddy. Yeah. But it's a good trade-off.
0: Do you have your photo clothes? Like, you're like, these are my my painting clothes? These are my photo clothes?
1: I do, absolutely. When I'm going out, especially if I know I'm going to what I like to call my favorite puddle, which is only available usually between (laughs) December and March, I wear rain pants so that when I'm in the mud, um, I don't get all muddy. Th-
0: that's that's probably the favorite question I should about. What's your favorite puddle? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wrote an entire post on my favorite puddle. It's it's just it's I've it's the light is great. I've never taken a bad photo there. It's it's private. I've just it's it's this ridiculously large puddle that's in the middle of this big grassy field and this middle of this huge park and it only comes up in the rainy season oh really yeah. Is that,
0: is that the one where you've got the um the little guy rowing a canoe is that your favorite puddle shot like is that well, one, the, from the puddle y-
1: that that was taken in the same park but yep. that was more in the in the um wetlands area ah, okay yeah <laughs> but yeah any any puddle will do
0: um, and it's cause Seattle is sort of a wetter area, isn't it? Like, is it? I, I, I haven't been to Seattle, but I've just, I've seen things.
1: We have the rainy wet season. It's so we have the cold overcast wet rainy season, which is like eight months out of the year. And then the other four months are incredibly dry.
0: So you're sort of like Melbourne. Yep. yeah. Yeah. But
1: it's about 20 degrees cooler. <laughs> and you can do the Celsius conversion. I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Just do that at home yourselves, people. Um, and um, with uh your photography, um, because you are getting down low. Like I, when I started in my toy photography journey, um, I I do it in the studio, but I'd actually love to start branching out into going outdoors because. You've got better lighting, especially if it's an overcast day. One thing I found was choosing a lens. What What's your go-to lens? Like, as in, like, as in you know, if I was like, oh, I want to be a toy photographer. Like, you're like, once you upgrade from your phone... What, what would you suggest as a as a good lens?
1: Okay, well, we're gonna read back a up just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> and talk about the differences between outdoors and studio. Yes. So, if you're the kind of toy photog- photographer, period, really, toys doesn't really matter. Who likes to control every aspect of your image, and then you should definitely concentrate on studio photography and invest in some inexpensive lights or get really uh, good at DIY um, diffusers and use like um, Pico lights, which you can get for Lego sets, um, anything uh, along those lines to light. Flashlights are great to light little minifigs and you can build fake forests. You can do it around your Lego buildings if you want to, but if you want to control your light and that's your thing, then definitely you want to be in studio yep yep. but if you like to fly by the seat of your pants and move super fast because the sun is moving across the sky really fast and your light is changing like you it, it within 10 minutes if you don't have your photo set up and shot then the light will have changed and you're going to have to either move your setup or be comfortable with what you're doing yep. then Great. Outdoors is fabulous because the sun is the most amazing light source ever. So you got to choose. Yep. Or because they're, they're very different skill sets, I have found.
0: And cloudy days would be your more preferable
1: lighting day? I have been doing it long enough that I take advantage of any light, yep. but I yep. do prefer... Cloudy days, because that's like a big old diffuser over the sun. So you yep. get nice, even shadows. But if you do have harsh light, you can do it, or you can do it in the shade and still have that bright light in the background, but your figures are in the shade. So there's lots of ways you can like move around the light. My favorite is shade in a forest with the background lit up. And then you can get, if you're with a with a dedicated lens you can and it's wide open you get what they call bokeh which is those big beautiful circles of light in the background where everything is all like sort of diffusey and yep. sort yep. of circley and lighty and sort of softy that's that's what that is oh, and it's okay. bokeh some people call it bouquet whatever <laughs> nobody knows how to say okay. <laughs> it <laughs> and never ever discount your 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 mobile phone camera because these days they're amazing and what's fabulous about them is they have infinite focus which is amazing like say you're like in front of a if you're the kind of toy photographer who likes to take their toys with them when they travel and they use it as a way to document like i was in front of this um you know monument or you know tourist attraction and you want to be able to have both your figure and what's in the background in focus. Your camera, your your phone is like every time. Yep. that's like yep. the go to. So <laughs> never discount your phone. It definitely has a place in your arsenal of photo taking tricks. Um, any dedicated macro lens is what you'll need for toy photography. And if you don't know, then start with probably a fifty millimeter macro might be a good place to start a lot of them though the dedicated macro lenses well there's okay well you can take any 50 millimeter lens and put what they call macro attachment tubes you can put tubes on them which are super inexpensive which moves the lens away from the um the plane of focus and you get a more of a macro feel and you can also do macro filters on the front which will allow you to focus super close so there's ways you can like dip your wo- your way into the macro world without spending five hundred or a thousand dollars on a lens <laughs> i mean you, there's lots of options yeah yeah and then you can also just go hog wild and buy a big old dedicated macro lens and you'll love it because the joke is you marry your lenses and you date your body because you're yes. always going to change your bodies on um, your camera bodies but your lenses you will have for probably most of your photographic life.
0: Yep. Yeah, I can. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. because glass is expensive.
1: Yeah, Yeah, glass is expensive. Um, I personally shoot with a line of lenses called Lens Baby, and they're actually a lens company down about three hours south of where I live, which is super nice. And it's their... They're actually, in the world of lenses, really modestly priced. Yep. But they give, they're like toy camera lenses. So if you're like toy, and when I say toy, I mean like Diana camera, plastic lenses, um, uh, Polaroid style. Just they're, they're, they like to, their little thing is seen differently. That's their catchphrase. Oh, okay. So if you're, so you're not going to get a straight up perfect lent camera uh, you know photo using them they're they're all about experimentation seeing differently um getting uh lots of um s- uh, swirl and uh bokeh around the edges uh fall off a lot of, of natural vignetting on the lens i mean they just all they just all have these crazy effects which is super fun to play with yeah that's yep. my thing oh okay And then you can like go crazy and get like vintage lenses. And I mean, that's what's so great about toy photography is you can do anything with it. And it's accepted because you're stepping into an alternate universe as opposed to like landscape photography. We have this expectation that you're capturing reality and heightening it. And it needs to be picture perfect from edge to edge. Toy photography. eh, Nobody cares. Go wild more creativity with it
0: Yeah, that's it um do you focus stack for people that don't know what focus stacking is it's taking a photo at different depths um, to get everything in focus well as in like the subject do you, subject in focus I butchered it but do you focus stack or are you just that good now you're like no <laughs>
1: it's, oh, well it's, it's a it's a Conscious and artistic choice. So if you're going to focus stack, which is basically you're taking 10 photos or some some number of photos that are of this exact same setup, but focusing on something moving farther and farther into the, the, the depth of your photo and then combining them together so that everything is perfectly in focus from the very front to the very back. That's a choice. If you're going to do that, you dang well better be on a tripod. Yep. I hate tripods.
0: <laughs> they don't get you to the ground.
1: <laughs> they don't get you to the ground and they stick you in a position, a one position. You, you, Once you set up, it takes so much trouble to get on this tripod set up, the camera on it, everything is set up. You're never going to move it. And remember I talked about before that there's this really fine line when you're taking a photo of your figure between it looking like a hunk of plastic and 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 then it looking alive i i i move around that scene just edging around it left to right and sometimes if it really doesn't work i'll do a 180 and get behind it and go the other direction until i find that place i'll never find it if i'm on a tripod yeah uh, and also I'm yeah. really lazy. I just wouldn't, I'm just, I can't stand Photoshop. I don't want to sit around and be technical and, yeah. Uh, it takes all the magic out of it for me.
0: Yeah. No, I can see that. And it does become, it does look like a, not a real photo, but a real photo. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like a real subject.
1: Well, it's like if you're taking pictures of your kids and they're yeah. like busy and they're moving and they're whatever, you're not going to get everything perfectly in focus, that's, right?
0: That's it. You've said it
1: <laughs> yeah so it's like I, it's like you're more like you're capturing this moment in time and it's like this little sliver and you are i like to call it the secretive world of toys and this is where we get back to the underwater work that i did before is i'm a little bit of a voyeur so when i'm looking through my lens at what the toys are doing in my mind okay sounds a little, sound a little weird everyone just like you know go with it for a minute for me these guys are alive yeah they're going on adventures they're doing things and maybe they're the adventures i want to go on and so i i'm viewing their world i'm down there and i'm with them and i'm trying to capture that little little bit of magic i like it
0: yeah and you know you got to think of them as alive too and do you display your art um, in galleries like you do you have displayed your art in like done gallery showing exhibitions and so forth
1: <laughs> so uh we've i've i've arranged two uh fine art gallery shows at the brian ono gallery in seattle but that's uh it never went anywhere yep. for a variety of reasons which i'm fine with but the, those experiences were amazing just like off the chart like best week ever kind of amazing so now what i do is i coffee shops yep uh small arts and crafts fairs brick conventions geek conventions um any any pop culture well let's just call them pop culture conventions are big one for me yep um fine arts and crafts fairs in like a four-state sort of driving range. Anything like that, I'll try to get the work out there. It keeps me motivated to create work that I want to make and connect with people. And then I have a line of greeting cards that I sell at a handful of shops in addition to online. And that's also just a way for me to offer something that people can uh, buy. And if they frame it, I don't care, go for it. Or just Write a quick note and send it to somebody, and then they bring a smile to someone else's face, and just pay the joy forward.
0: Yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, and has COVID obviously affected that? Or cause I don't know what it's like. In, I don't know what it's like in America. Are you guys allowed to go out? Like we were locked down for six months. Like weren't allowed oh, to no. go sort of anywhere. So.
1: I I have friends in Melbourne, uh, and so I know what you guys were dealing with. And there was a lot there. I mean, I know you guys are kind of out of it now, but um, talking to my friends, there was a lot of mental health, depression, and going around because um, we're a very social creatures, and asked to do that very hard. I'm seeing that in my community of toy photographers as well. I'm seeing a lot of people struggle just because of this. We're not. Locked down. I know we're supposed to be in some stage, but I have no idea what it is at this point. Everyone's kind of going around in Seattle, luckily. Masks on, everyone's really safe. Social distancing. Everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the numbers are going up, not as much as there are in other places, but I you know who knows what's going on in the US? We have no idea. It fingers crossed. So, yeah, it has affected me, uh, but I have spent that time uh, spending time getting my website together, making lots of fun new work that I'm super excited to share with people when I can do that and I'll just move on when we get a chance to do it safely. (laughs)
0: Which hopefully will
1: be soon. (laughs) Soon. I'll try not to cry through that. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: at least if you go out into the forest, there's not going to be many people
1: there. If you're in the forest and no one coughs, do you get corona? Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I would like to say that it going out into the woods is a safe place, but I have found that it's not. It is since it, the people in the U.S. cannot leave the U.S. It's and we are technically not supposed to travel. All of the parks and the hikes and everything are packed. And I'm like, no, just Uh, no, I won't go near them. So I'm doing a lot of stuff um, around my garden and uh, more along those lines and sneaking off maybe to a woodsy place that I know that's a little more isolated. But no, it's been. Yeah, no. (laughs)
0: Can't even get refuge in the outdoors, or the or the animals are like, "What's going on here?
1: Why is me and coughing? ten thousand of my closest friends? Yeah, let's go."
0: <laughs> um, I've said this to someone before, but I'm like, you know how like they're like, "Let's rush the the vaccine through," blah blah blah. I'm like, this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. This is <laughs> this is how. Oh, uh, um, toy photography is becoming a lot more recognised. Um, via toy companies and you know you guys are actually getting a lot of are you getting a lot of love these days like i saw the ship in the bottle um was sort of was that one of the first collaborative wow 20 questions in one but was that sort of one of the first collaborative um things with lego and toy it photographers? was the
1: very first collaboration with lego between toy photographers well okay with the toy photography community and Lego. Yeah. Because before that, they had used uh, VESA, a uh, Finnish photographer who goes by Avenant, who's everyone has seen his snow photos, Star Wars snow photos. Yep. I mean, that's like yep. he is he is uber famous, has his own book called Small Worlds. Um, just uh, amazing, amazing photographer. So Lego has used toy photographers in the past for their promotions but that the ship in the bottle was the first time they reached out and said let's do a collaboration and it was a little bit of a test and between the toy photography community and the ideas team and it was so successful that all the other little siloed groups in lego like ninjago and city and technic they all like we want to use them too so they that it Watching the company pivot towards the community has been so much fun to watch. Yep. And I'm so proud of that because when I first started, it was always Lego, plastic Lego minifigs in plastic Lego worlds. And that's been busted open completely.
0: Yeah. And it looks awesome.
1: (laughs) It it looks awesome (laughs) because it... I I just think it really makes the product feel like it's part of our world. I mean, everyone knows that Lego is the uh, biggest creator of tires in the world. and But I think soon there will be more minifigs on the planet than people. So, I mean, they are our, like, other, you know, species. <laughs> Hang on. What was that?
0: Lego has created more tires in the world. Yeah, they're saying? the
1: they're the largest tire manufacturer in the world. Wow. Yeah. Actually, no, that makes sense
0: because I've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of tires. It's like,
1: I mean, no one said they're going to fit on a human car, but there's a lot of tires on those cars that they make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty I'm sure there's somewhere in there is one of the bigger ones. And so when you think if you think of all the little minifigs as another species, they're they're pretty. I can't. I mean, we figured it out at some point, but they were. It was getting pretty. We were like five years away from there being more minifigs on the planet than people at some point. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: And they're getting more diverse too. Yay.
1: Yay. Some of those early ones. So, Lego has a um, a nasty habit of trading in cultural stereotypes. Yep. Hopefully they will. Now that we're a little bit more connected, they will knock that off, yeah. <laughs> or pivot away from it a little bit, at least.
0: Yep, he's <laughs> <Here's> hoping. <laughs> um, and we have probably answered this, but actually, I think we have. I was going to say, like, you know, what's what sort of environment do you like to shoot in? But I think we've answered that, haven't we? We've answered that.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm an outdoor, but I'm learning. Learning to do it indoors, but mostly outdoors.
0: Yeah, I guess you'd have to learn to do it indoors at the moment. <laughs>
1: well, so I mean, outdoors is fun because if you have a little set of minifigs with you, they're a way to experience your adventure from a different viewpoint than the human viewpoint because it forces you to get down or look and see differently. I know a lot of people who only or, or travel with their toys and that's an, also a super fun way to document your your vacation, but through your toys. And for me, it's a way to get out and go for a hike. Or for me, I spend, uh, there's a lot of winter photos cause I'll do a lot of snowshoeing cause there's not a lot of people out there. So I, I do a lot of snow photos. And the minifigs always come along, so they're an excuse to go out when you do it outdoors.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's one reason to do it: get outdoors.
1: <laughs> you get outdoors. Yep.
0: Um, okay. Two last questions. Um, have you? It's not even really a question, but have you got any tips? Like, what? What would your tip be for someone wanting to get into toy photography?
1: Just do it. Just take your favorite minifigs and just do it. And if you're gonna do it with a camera or with a phone, there's really only two things that you need to get, well, three things you need to get started that are just handy to have in your kit at all times. One is tack, so your minifigs don't fall over, especially if you're doing multiple figures in one shot, just saves you a lot of headache. (laughs) You want to have a bounce card, which is basically any white piece of uh, paper, not necessarily paper because you want to be thicker with stand, uh, and that you can bounce the light onto your minifig so you can fill in the shadows. And the other thing that I recommend is an inexpensive video light, and you can get them for really pretty cheaply that put a diffuser on so you don't see the little lights, the little individual LED lights, because that will show up as a grid on your reflective figure. Yep. Uh, so those, if you have those three things, you can pretty much take your photos anywhere at any time. Um, if you're looking for specific tips and tricks, toyphotographers.com, there's a lot of information there. And also our our sister toy photography Lego community is brick central and they have a a four bricks tall who runs that one has a really excellent youtube channel that has a lot of very lego specific toy photography tips oh
0: okay check that one out how's that yes no that's that's brilliant (laughs) and it answers one of the other questions but i will go into more depth in a second um favorite I ask this for everyone. It's usually like favorite Lego memory or, you know, most, you know, blah, blah, blah. But favorite um, memory, even toy photography, like as in what what sticks with you the most, like when you go out shooting, like what has been like this happened and that was cool.
1: Okay. Well, Greg, there was like, okay. So we know I've been an ambassador for three times. Yep. never stuck. <laughs> yep. But. I had one experience that came through that, that made all of it worthwhile. Yep. And that was being invited to the grand opening of Lego house. I have never had so much fun as going there that weekend. So it was the Friday Lego house opening and then going to Skirbeck and doing the whole Skirbeck thing because, uh, I'm, and and staying with the Italian crew from Cremona and Lug. Yep. I mean, they enfolded me into their group. I met all, I w- did it with my best friend, Christina Alexanderson. I met Chris McVeigh, who at the time was PowerPick, but now he works at Lego. And it was that experience that got him to Lego. I mean, that was the first event he'd ever been to oh, okay. like that ever. Uh, I got to meet Peter Reed, which I had been photographing Keiko for years from his uh, Lego space book. And he actually at one point had sent me uh, a revised and updated Keiko for me to photograph. Yep. So to meet my hero and do a selfie with him and a selfie with Chris McVeigh. And then uh, I got to meet Kim, who was my Lego contact at the time. I did a tour of the Lego factory, which was like super cool. And then um, I, Luigi, who is my good friend from Italy in the Cremona bricks. We got to hang out all weekend. I mean, and and then I met Tim Johnson, who I know you've already had on the blog.
0: Yep. Love Tim. Yep.
1: I mean, Tim is awesome. I was just like, yeah, that was. And then, you know, that's when I connected with Alice. I mean, that was like, that was a crazy fun weekend. Nothing is better than that. It's
0: better to say, and you were there for the opening once in a lifetime sort of, yeah, bang.
1: Once in a lifetime experience. So that made it all worthwhile. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's, yeah, because I think that was uh, Tim's favorite um, memory as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah.
1: It, I, I, it was, I, I had been there. I had been to and um, a couple of years earlier, and I was with my daughter, and so we saw the Lego house under construction. Yeah. So I had seen yep. it and knew what it was going to be like. So when we got wind that the ambassadors were all going to be invited <laughs> for the opening, it was like, told so my husband, I'm going. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm going just, there was like, <laughs> I don't, there's just all there is. I'm going to be gone for a week and a half, but I'm, that's just, there you go. No ifs, ands, or buts. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> um, and did you, you all got the tour around it together? Like, were you like, oh, or was it like little private tours or?
1: <laughs> well, the, uh, so the, it, oh, we all stood line. And got in and then there was a lot of milling around and then Kirk, Kirk, whatever his name is, did a little speech, you know, and like all the little guys were there and they did all their little thing. And then it was like, go play. Oh, sweet. Sp- spent all day playing in the thing. And it was like you toured around, you met other people and you like, you know, met all your heroes and it was just like, go have fun. So we had the place to it ourselves. It was just really... Really cool.
0: Oh, sweet! Sounds awesome. <laughs> and to make it all worthwhile,
1: <laughs> <sighs> so if you ever get a chance to go to Billund, definitely, or Denmark, or anything, definitely put that on. I, for anybody going to LEGO House who's any connection to the LEGO community, it's a it's a must do. It's just a super fabulous experience.
0: Yeah, my wife's like, we we're gonna make a trip there at some point, aren't we? And I went, oh yes, we are. <laughs>
1: she'll have fun yeah she'll love it
0: <laughs> she likes lego <laughs> last question um i said there was two but there's three <laughs> how can people find you follow you your socials
1: well the blog i started is toy and that's just a great resource and i occasionally pop up with a post um not as much as i used to i, I do more on the podcast because we have a little podcast associated with that yep. so there's there's that uh i make it easy for people it's shelly corbett photography yep. and i'm on Flickr, and facebook which is not really active there uh instagram and then we have our Mewe community and then i'm on twitter but not under that name but i you, i can be found but if you go to my website shelly corbett or shelly corbett photography all the links are there all the information the about how i make my work where i show it all that kind of stuff. It's all there. Yep. And then you can contact me through there and ask questions because I'm, or DM me on Instagram. I'm, I'm an open book. I'll share anything with anybody.
0: There you go. Prepare to be bombarded. <laughs> um, Thank you for being on my podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today.
1: You know what, Greg, thank you so much for having me. This conversation has been super fun and Love the accent. Oh, thank you.
0: I love your accent too. And I'm, I learned, (laughs) I learned so much today. Um, Yeah. And I hope everyone else did too, because, you know, it's, it is a lot of fun doing tweet photography.
1: It's a ton of fun. And if anyone has any questions, just really ask me. I'll happily answer you. If I don't have the question, answer to your question, I will send you to where you can find it. Rockin'. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks, Greg.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of For the Love of Brick. If you like the podcast, feel free to check out some of the other episodes. Also, don't forget to give us a like or a review on Apple Podcasts and share the love by telling your friends. And if you know anyone in the Lego world who you would like me to have a chat to, email me at fortheloveofbrick at gmail.com or message me on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Well, until next time... See you later.